welcome to The Lux Files, a podcast for occultists about occultists. I'm your host, Sean, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Be sure to subscribe to The Lux Files wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date on all the new episodes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 23 of The Lux Files. I am here today with author, playwright, storyteller, druid, Gail Nayoka. Hello, hello, Gail. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And how about you, Sean? I'm fantastic. I'm so glad you're here. I miss you so much. Oh, I miss you too. We need yeah. to get together again. It's been way, way... Yeah, well... That's your fault. That's not my fault. You, you moved to another country. <laughs> yeah, because I'm the now, one who moves all around. Yeah, you moved to another country and now you're in Canada, but on the complete opposite side of the country. So blame yourself. Blame yeah, yourself. yeah. Oh, we could also blame COVID too, because I mean, I haven't seen uh, Phil or Cindy now since I think, oh, 2018, because 2018, wow. I was going to go down, um, uh, that was going to be year three for a Culticon, so I was planning to go down, that was um, September of 2019, mm-hmm. and then a Culticon got cancelled, unrelated to COVID, of course, because this was September of 2019, Yeah. And then COVID hit, so I mean, everything got cancelled, so mm-hmm. I yeah, I mean, I haven't even seen them um, since uh 2000 and it was the summer of 2018 so it's been a long time it's been a long yeah time. so um oh sorry yeah are you making use of your traveling caravan or has that well, been all canceled it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just gonna go get into that because yeah. I had ordered it so I no one knows this because I haven't talked about the 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 caravan on my uh, podcast, but I met a woman. Well, I, I, I came across her website online and it just so happens like she lives in flesh and her name's um, Daphne and her company is Daphne's Caravans. And it just so happens she lives in Flesherton, Ontario, which is a half an hour drive north of Mount Forest which is uh, where uh, Phil and Cindy live near and, and where I, I, I stay when I go to a Culticon. And I came across her website literally like two weeks before going down to uh, a Culticon in the summer of 2018. So I had called her and we arranged for me to go up to her place in Flasherton um, I think it was before, yeah, it was before a Culticon started. And, um, you know, like the stars were in alignment because she makes these, these handmade, like she builds them out of wood and, and trailer bases. Um, these, um, Vardo style caravans. And mm-hmm. at that point, you know, I was trying to figure out a way I, you know, I was enjoying a Culticon so much. But with me living in in Thunder Bay, like it's an 18 hour drive to get to Southern Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, and and at that time I had a little uh, like a little sports car, which gave me enough room to like for all of my products and my vendor tent and and all of that, but not enough room for camping gear. Not like I really want to do tent camping at a festival. (laughs) So I'm racking my brains. Like what are all my options uh, of what I can buy 
so that I can do more festivals because, you know, there's plenty of other festivals that I'd like to attend that I don't have friends that I nearby that I could crash to their houses. So I, I, I came across this woman's website and she, she builds them to like to your specifications. So I ended up ordering um, a, a caravan from her and customized to, to what I need, like, like, a, like a sleeping bunk storage underneath and then room for shelves and uh, display units for, for all my products. So, um, oh, and it's so great. So this was 2019, the fall of 2019. Paid my money was like five grand. And- uh, and Not too bad a price when you no, say that. No, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> so she she found a, a, a trailer base because I wanted a, a 10 foot by, um, 10 foot by four foot or six I can't remember how wide it is but like the because it's like Bardo style where there's the base and then it comes out and then up it's mm -hmm. wider than the the actual trailer base so the the dimensions ended up being like 10 foot by seven foot and you know I and I'm I'm planning for a call to conference like I said ended up getting canceled so I mean I I, I got like a like a um, electric cooler and a, a electric battery pack so I can you know just everything, everything yeah. ready to go and a call to Kong got canceled then COVID came around and then I, I told this story that I'm about to relate uh, already on my podcast a couple of times so I'll I'll kind of abbreviate a bit um there's uh the, the these people that that organize um wiccan fest and harvest fest mm -hmm. and they were two events because i was planning like i'll do a cult of con wiccan fest harvest fest and kaleidoscope that's four trips a year like that's a lot of driving like i said it's an eight yeah. drive both ways each way yeah. um but you know get my money's worth and mm -hmm. do like four four events a year. So Occulticon gets canceled, like Occulticon doesn't exist anymore. And then Wiccan Fest uh, in, in 2020, spring 2020 goes virtual. And so I attended and it was great and ah. two days. Mm -hmm. And the workshop or lecture presentation, whatever, that I was really looking forward to was the last one on day two. And the guy, and we're like only five minutes into the, the workshop and he's like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and all of you faggots, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> wow. Like, you know, when he has an accent, an English accent, mm -hmm. and he was facing like to the side. Yeah. When he said it. So I'm like, did I, am I? did I hear that? Or am I miss, you know, misinterpreting yeah. like what he said because of his accent or whatever. So I didn't want to make a big scene. And really I should have, because I just should have, because you know, yeah, it's, it's me yeah. and loud mouth. But anyways, I'm like, I'm not going to make things. I don't want to wreck things for everybody just in case. So I, I log out 
And I re-listen. I'm like, sure enough, he said it. So I contacted mm-hmm. the organizers and they did the whole like white straight person um, cut and paste. Oh, we have zero tolerance. Oh, safe space, blah, 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 blah. Like that, that, mm-hmm. that you know, that canned response that white straight people, you know, <laughs> have in a file marked, you know, answers to problem makers. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to reach out to the, to the uh, presenter, blah, 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 blah. We'll let you know. Well, six months later, not a word from them. Wow. So six months later. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Um, And and our communication has had with the organizers and myself had always been through Instagram because like I contacted them. I'm like, Hey, I want to get this, this caravan made here are the dimensions, blah, blah, blah. Would you allow it? You know, space Mm -hmm. considerations for vendors. They're like, Oh my God, that would be so amazing. So we've already had prior communication to this. So six months later, they send me a message on Instagram. They're like, oh, follow our new Wiccanfest um, uh, Instagram account. So I respond back. I'm like, really? Like, I contact you guys about one of your presenters using a derogatory term for gay men. And you don't respond for six months. But when you do contact me, it's to promote your new social media mm-hmm. account. They're like, oh, we're so sorry you didn't get our message. I'm like, well, I didn't get your message because there is no message. You and I can both see the same me- you know, thread of, of messages we've sent each other. You did not respond. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they're trying to justify their actions, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, at the basically, I was like, yeah, fuck you. So, yeah. so now I'm down three festivals. <laughs> All I have left is Kaleidoscope. I mean, there's a few more down there, but everyone, um, when I was down at Occulticon, they're telling me like which ones I should attend and which ones don't bother, like from a vendor's perspective. Yeah, uh, like there's some that like you'll just be wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward to last week, and well, uh, months ago, Daphne's like, "Oh, blah 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 blah," you know, and I'm like, "Well, I I can go down and pick it up, you know, mm-hmm. um, just I have no use for it at, at this point, you know, with COVID." She's like, "Oh, I have the space to sort; it's no big deal." And then last week, she's like, "Oh, you know what? Like, you, you know." who knows when these festivals are gonna happen again she goes you know like i can i can sell it if you want me mm-hmm. to sell it and i responded back i'm like you know what i, I think that's the best uh, yeah so she's gonna sell it and i'll just get my money back and yeah that, you know it is what it is, it is, what it is. Yeah. But, i mean for anyone that's interested, not necessarily in a caravan, because who knows where you are in the world, but just to see like what she makes, um, mm-hmm. Google Daphne's Daphne's Caravans. And I think the website's like daphnescaravans.com or something. And um, they're amazing. Like they're, yeah. some of them are very simple. Some of them are very like ornate and stained glass windows. And oh, it, they're amazing. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, no, I mean, uh, uh, $5,000 for something like that was, was nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So 
she actually she had a, a client that got like a 14 footer made or a 12 footer made something like that and i yes. can't remember the price she told me how much she charged him and he paid it blah 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 and he's like any sitters like i would have paid double the price oh yeah like i think her prices are too low but i mean mm -hmm. you know um it, it's it yeah. worked for her so yeah. you know. well with the price of uh wood go going up so much well, over the yeah. past year i think yeah she's gonna have to raise those prices it's yeah. possible it's possible and yeah. like i mean she's an older lady so i don't know how much of this is necessary income and how much is yeah. you know just like passion you know what i mean where she yeah. do yeah. it you know where you know she's she's getting paid for her time but mm. it's not like oh i have bills to pay type thing i don't know i don't know yeah. so yeah it's yeah. hard to say so yeah it, it's it's possible that you know um with uh wood prices um being so high now that um you know someone will will jump at my mm -hmm. caravan for five grand because yeah yeah because it would be more to build at this point who knows who knows but mm -hmm. enough about me we're not here for me i mean <laughs> i can talk to myself for hours um but but um no one none of my listeners are interested in me they're here for oh, you i'm sure they are <laughs> so uh well of course they are they, yeah. they love me um so uh i always begin right at the beginning one of my most in, like things that i'm most curious about with all of my uh all of my guests on the podcast is um that that one moment or, or series of of events that set each guest on their like magical spiritual path um so i always like to begin there and then then the conversation goes where the conversation goes so um how about we start there okay i i wouldn't say there was any one event but i remember being um we grew up in London, but in the summer times, we would go into to Kent because I had an uncle and aunt and cousins who lived in Kent in the country. And it was always my favorite time of the year to go down to the country and just be in nature. And uh, there's a woods that my uncle would sometimes take us to. And I just used to love being in those woods. So I think I had those kind of druidic um, passions right from the very beginning right. and um, but I didn't kind of know what it was it was just it was nice being in the woods you know <laughs> right, and, right. Uh, too bad I had to uh, be in London and not have woods though we did have a very big park next door to us it was Crystal Palace Park oh nice was, yeah, yeah okay so we'd go there when we could, um, but my mother was actually, didn't like us to go places without adult supervision. So, <laughs> so we couldn't even spend a whole lot of time in the park, but I did like it there. Yeah. And so, um, and that was kind of the only thing until I hit my twenties and I started to think, oh, witchcraft looks really interesting. But at that time, it was um, about 1970. And it was just before anything real, what I call real, started to be available. Right. So anything that was available in books, I thought, this isn't right. It's not right. You know, <laughs> it, it can't be what Richcraft really is. Because it, it would be 
<laughs> stupid stuff. <laughs> was it like the, um, uh, I don't even know how to, how to describe it. Like, uh, not Wicca, not like, you know, pagan witchcraft, but more of the kind of like, like, you know, sensationalist kind of yeah, black yeah. man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 And there wasn't even anything that I found on the Golden Dawn. I didn't know about the Golden Dawn about till much, much later. And they've been around. But uh, mm. I suppose in those days, they didn't have the esoteric bookstores that you have now. Um, the The most I could find was a pack of uh, a tarot cards. I, it was the Aquarian deck. Mm, okay, <laughs> yeah. So I had that deck for a long time. And... Uh, so yeah, I just didn't know where to go um, until. But and you, then had, I just, you lived in London, so you had Treadwells, you had Atlantis Bookshop. Um, yeah, but I wasn't in London then. I had already moved to Canada. Oh, um, okay, okay. Okay. So, I, you, uh, how old were you when you moved to Canada? I was seventeen. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you went. You went. Um, from from London right to uh, Toronto. No, actually, I went from London to South Wales. Okay. Yeah, so I was about fifteen when I left London. A couple years in South Wales and then to Canada. Okay. And actually, I always say that uh, the bad child was was sent to the colonies. <laughs> 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 and it's kind of true. <laughs> That's funny. So you were you were you were the black sheep of the family. You were were you the troublemaker? Or, or maybe I was the white sheep of the family. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> and I actually wasn't a troublemaker, but I just wasn't. Um, you know, I I liked music and concerts and teenage stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which um, and my mother was very very conservative so she thought I was uh, you know just wild and I really was not <laughs> yeah, funny now, now why did you move to Wales first what was there um, was there anything specific in Wales for you to go to my mother's job she um she worked in the passport office which had always been in London okay and then at that point they decided that they wanted to decentralize and have offices around the country. So that's why we ended up in Wales. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. What did you think of Wales? Um, at the time, I was kind of a London brat and uh, <laughs> thought, oh, I want to go back to London now. You know, yeah, that yeah. teenage time yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. was not particularly good time to move. But um, I found that... Uh, I had a really good friend in Wales and I kind of had a second family there um, mm -hmm. because uh, her dad was really a great man and um, his name was Albert Hobbs and I was always at their place and I would, they'd take me on holiday with them. <laughs> yeah, so that was, was really, really nice mm -hmm. um, to have that second family. And uh, yeah, have have the dad hobs there so, yeah. <laughs> since I'd had no father actually all my life. So. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. So, um, yeah. You're kind of in the the uh, in BC, Canada. Here, you're kind of in the the Wales of of Canada because you're you're yeah. back in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Except we were in uh, Newport, which mm. is not that mountainous, really. Yeah. You'd have to go more north to get the real mountains and things. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so you moved to Toronto. How yeah. old? I was 17 when I went to Toronto. Okay. Okay. Um, because I had actually been thinking about going back to London to live. And my mother was so horrified. Um, she cooked up this plan with my aunt. Um, and she and then they said, oh, wouldn't you like to try Canada? And I thought, oh, this will be a nice adventure. Maybe I'll go to Canada. <laughs> and uh, but the whole idea was that my aunt to kind of keep me in check, <laughs> not allow me any freedom. <laughs> so so um, and I just I, I didn't come thinking I would stay, but I just did. So, <laughs> yeah. So what did you think of Toronto compared to London? Oh, that was 1970. Mm -hmm. And Toronto was such a one horse town back in those days. It really was, I thought. And I was expecting it to be more like London and was quite disappointed. Um, yeah, in, in those days, uh, lots of things were closed on Sundays and it was just wasn't the fashion capital I thought it would be. Right, um, right. But when I got to Montreal, I really liked Montreal. That had a, a lot more life than Toronto. Yeah. Um, now I Toronto has improved a whole lot since then. And now Toronto is a lot of fun. But oh, for <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I was going to ask you if like at that time, if you uh, went to Montreal at all, because uh, you know, just with you saying like, oh, it's a one horse town, things are closed on Sunday, it's not the <laughs> I thought it would be even like, I wonder if she went to Montreal at that time. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, there was a big difference. Yeah. 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 Montreal's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so great. <laughs> and that was the fashion capital I wanted. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And the, sure. the restaurants and the, um, music and yeah and I had a great aunt who lived there and she was this amazing old lady <laughs> she really was <laughs> I just loved her <laughs> and so I'd go and stay with her nice yeah nice so back then I'm trying to think yeah, there wouldn't have, I don't think there would have been anything in, in, in uh, Toronto, uh, you know, pagan magic-wise, no. because the, the Wiccan Church of Canada didn't form until, I think, 78 or 79 or something. Uh, like yeah, I don't know uh, when it formed, but it could have been, yeah. Or uh, I shouldn't, oh, I can't remember now. I like my cousin Susan had been a member of the Wiccan Church of Canada. Um, yeah, no, it, it must have been around 78, 79, because my cousin uh, Susan joined the Wiccan Church of Canada around the time that it formed. Because um, so they had their temple and their, their metaphysical shop, which was called the occult shop. Um, mm -hmm. 
up until just a couple of years ago, um, they were approached by developers that wanted, I mean, they were, their temple was like prime real estate um, yeah. uh, at this point, um, a couple of years ago. And they were approached by developers to, you know, sell the, the building so they can put up a, a high rise condo. And they're like, nope, nope, nope. So no sooner do they turn down the developers that the fire marshals and bylaw crawling all over the building. Oh, Mm -hmm. fire code this, regulations that, blah, 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 blah. Um, If you want to keep being in this building, it's going to cost you, you know, half a million dollars or or whatever would be. They're like, yeah, Yeah. or that. So they, they sold up and mm-hmm. yeah they still exist they just um they they had to move locations um but yeah that would have been i'm sure it was 78 or 79 around there that they started and i don't know when the wicca shop opened up i know it was there in the 90s um around the beaches there on queen street east uh beaches neighborhood Mm -hmm. so I remember being there um in the 90s it was like mid 90s but yeah prior to that I I honestly couldn't say really yeah yeah so uh yeah and then me being the uh vagabond that I am (laughs) I went to Ottawa for university Mm. and then uh, and that was actually the time I really started looking when I was at university and couldn't find anything right. other than the uh, Aquarian tarot deck. Right. Um, yeah. And a couple of doctor books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally useless books. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of thinking like, um, what's her name? Catherine Best, her book of magic and witchcraft or witchcraft and magic and that was one of the first books that I bought and I'm glad I bought better books afterwards because if I thought that's all that magic was like that kind of um you know those dodgy questionable spells (laughs) um I might be a different person today (laughs) but there was a lot of those in the 70s a lot of those like like dodgier Dodger. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, so, you know, how, how did you then, you know, get on, you know, your like, like, let's say proper path magic. magic Yeah. Yeah. I think it was um, just about the eighties. I thought, you know, I really need to find this spiritual path type. I, want and uh, and by that time there was stuff around I think I managed to pick up a spiral dance at a mm. garage sale nice. <laughs> um, and I'd moved from the country back to Toronto again and I had two young uh, yeah two young children at that point and um, the occult shop was not the, what was it called there was this big store um the omega center was in toronto at that time in the oh right yep 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 okay yeah and um 
so there was stuff happening and I went to a workshop at the Omega Center and there was a woman who was running these women's spirituality classes. And I was really impressed by her workshop, which she did around Sawen. Okay. And so that was such a, a strong time of year and you really felt all these energies. So then I joined her weekend workshop and uh, some of us from that weekend workshop got together and formed a little group, which lasted maybe a year or so. Um, but it was a, an interesting group and I hadn't really found the proper path at mm -hmm. that point but I liked the women's spirituality group and that is when a bridge came and I thought oh this is interesting here's this Celtic goddess who's come into my mind um but I think I like ancient Egypt so I'm gonna leave that alone <laughs> and um so then I went looking and found fellowship of Isis right which uh is really good. I, I did the uh, priestess course at uh, Crossroads Lyceum. They had this male course. Um, I think they still, they're still going strong. Um, yeah. It might not be the same as it was before, but they yeah. are. And um, which was very eclectic. It wasn't quite ancient Egyptian. They tend to um, not focus on any one pantheon. Mm -hmm. um, but I was encouraged to, to search out and um, see, and then Brisha coming back and coming back. And I thought, okay, <laughs> time to do this. And yeah. uh, so after I'd done my priestess training with FOI, I started looking into Druidry and uh, found Obod. And okay. uh, yeah, that... So Ended so, up being my home. Okay, so um, actually, I uh, interviewed a couple weeks ago a, uh, a high priest in the, or should I call him a high priest or a priest? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. He's ordained in the Fellowship of Isis. He um, he got a lot of his training at the um, Isis Oasis out in mm. California. Yeah, uh, which another friend of mine spent fourteen months there. Uh, prior to COVID uh, teaching. Uh, so just as an aside, that's just, you know, yeah. um, interesting. So at the time that you did your priestess training, did they not have their Druid course? They, they did, they had, um, what do they call it? There's a, there's a Druid strain, which is separate. Um, I think it was the Druid order of Dana. That's, which is that's, separate that's from from what I was doing. So yeah. I um but why but, why did you why did you not go that route since you're already with the fellowship of Isis and and go to Obot instead? Just out of curiosity. Um, huh. I think Obod's approach really um I liked it. I liked the uh, the whole um, I think the, the Fellowship of Isis uh, Druid course was, or Druid, um, what do you call it, Grove, <laughs> um, was more focused on um, the intuitive, which is fine. Mm. Um, working with that, or it was at the time when I was looking at it, and I found Obod uh, 
with its emphasis on more personal development, uh, more creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, it just appealed to me more. So right. that's why I went with Obad, yeah. Interesting. And this was still like in the 80s. Uh, yeah, that was, hang on. Um, I was Fellowship of Isis for about quite a while before I joined Obot, and I can't try to remember exactly when it was, but I know I've been a member of Obot for over 20 years now. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it had to have been in the late, maybe it was a, just before 2000. So that would have been the 90s then, wouldn't it? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, well, yeah, no, that would make sense if it, it, that it would have been the 90s because when we first met, you were... Well, okay, now also too, like the, the one thing to keep in mind, I think uh, a lot of people in the Neopagan community are so used to like the year and a day training. Um, mm-hmm. at, like, with Obad, we have the the Barta grade, then we moved to the um, Ovate grade, and then the Druid grade, and yeah. set up that you can do it in a year, but you don't have to, like, you can go as long as you want, so yeah. when we first met, you were in the Druid grade, but you hadn't completed it, mm. you had been in the Druid grade for ages at that point. <laughs> yeah, it took uh, it took me four years to complete the Druid grade, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again is fine. Like it's not like it's you know it's not like mm-hmm. Obot has it set up where it's timed or <laughs> no. Like no. Uh, you get a knock on the door, they're like, uh, "What's going <laughs> on?" You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's not it's not set up like like that. I mean, it, it's a it's a organization. It's an order, but it's it's not. Yeah, it's just it's it's not set up you know no yeah like, with, with such a like a hard structure or, or anything like mm-hmm. that um I was gonna I had a question I was gonna ask you I'm I'll, I'm sure I'll remember it but um yeah I can't remember what I was oh so so this was the 90s like in and of course you did the correspondence course which was the mail course because they didn't have the yeah the CDs back then. And I think actually now they also have the course online as an- Yeah, they do. They have the Bardic course online. I don't think they have the others online yet. Okay, okay. Um, And you, I would, well, see, they they don't change the course all that much. So I'm curious, because when I first got my intro packet and that would have been- the mid 2000s I would think that would have been around 2004 2005 um you 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 know you can request the intro packet which is like the first four gores Mm -hmm. and then when I finally joined in 2006 they had revamped the the course a bit so mm-hmm. the course I took and the course you took had has differences I oh I, yes I, yeah. yeah I don't know how different they are but I know they are different because because the course was was revised yeah the course was revised um 
I don't know if you have the new revision <laughs> because it's uh, the new course is actually quite different. Um, the like, approach is different than the one I did. How um, you're saying new revised, like how, how, like- Was, was yours the one with, um, based on the Taliesin story? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's the one you did. Yeah. Whereas mine was not. Okay. Yeah. I actually, you know, that the the tale of Taliesin um, that's in the the Bardagrave material um, really resonated with me so deeply that mm. um, you know it, it, it's something it's a story that I think about a lot. Like I'll just reflect on a lot. And mm -hmm. when I first started the podcast, what I wanted to do was I wanted to have one interview a week and one extra week. I would, you know, recite a, like a, some folklore, um, magical battles between like real magical battles between occultists, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm just so busy with, with my, my business that I'm like, I, I don't have the time for this, but my first thing that I, I recorded for the podcast was the tale of Taliesin because it really, um, it, it's really foundational to my whole, um, approach to my spirituality and, and, um, it resonates so much with my, um, uh, work and training, um, through like the golden dawn system as well. Mm -hmm. So I actually recorded that, um, for the podcast. So, yeah, so that was my, I don't know if they've, if they've revised it since, because like I said, um, I joined Obot in 2006. I can't believe like that was 15 years ago. Like, I <laughs> wow. Yeah. 15 years. Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it's really, really, really insane. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> getting old, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, the hair's gone gray. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You can, you can see. Um, so you joined Obod. You did you kind of? I don't want to say breeze through, but did you go through the Bardic grade and the Obod grade? relatively quickly and then I, sat yeah. grade or I went through the uh, bardic grade in a year mm. because a lot of it was just a different approach to stuff I'd already done yeah um the ovate grade took me two years because okay. there was there was some um practical stuff that needed doing in that that uh, you know you needed to get out and actually do it so yeah. <laughs> um yeah and you do in the bardic grade as well it's just that I had already done a lot of the bardic stuff yeah 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 well I mean the bardic grade is really like you can look at the bardic grade and sort of overlay it over this tradition's first year training that tradition you know what I mean because you know so many different orders traditions organizations what have you um that offer you know magical spiritual initiations and and, and training and coursework and whatnot you know 
the elements are are so foundational to, mm-hmm. to yeah. um your your personal development um your transformation like your alchemy that like you look at um the golden dawn like the the outer order grades and you look at uh the bardic grade uh coursework and you see the similarities there how you work through the elements um uh are different like you know like obod you know we did um earth water air fire you know so Mm -hmm. you know the 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 order in which you you work through the elements can be different but yeah they're all pretty you know similar Mm -hmm. there's a slightly different approach and and different ways of doing things and and it's good to go into if you're doing a new course just to go into that new course with a the beginner's mind as they say exactly yeah yeah Yeah. I always you know when I whenever I I try something new but that I have experience in I always because I want to get the most and especially if you're I'm spending money on something I want my (laughs) work so I always go into something with a beginner's mind like what Mm -hmm. what about x that i already know but Mm -hmm. that you can teach me that i don't know you know you know if if you go through life thinking like oh well i know everything about x (laughs) well guess what i have news for you you don't Mm, no (laughs) don't like you know you see you hear so many people you know in the occult community um talking about being lifelong students and and the importance of that mentality and it's true it's yeah. true. you know yeah. you don't stop learning you don't stop growing no so yeah so the i mean the bardic grade in in that sense is it's pretty pretty easy for a lot of people because it was you know work that even I went through although I had a spontaneous initiation halfway through the bardic grade I think mm. I was actually I think I was actually in water at that time um that um just completely changed who I am um wow <laughs> completely. and mm. like you guys knew me at that point but I, I I kept what was going on pretty much on the down low because it's just it I just completely I didn't have like any sort of um any major it wasn't like a major crisis or anything it's not like you know my life was falling apart as a result but I just and I remember the moment, I remember when it happened, like it was yesterday and the feeling, I always talk about it, like I just shattered into a thousand pieces and mm-hmm. I had to go through every single piece and be like, do I want this piece? Yes. Do I want this mm-hmm. piece? No. And discard it. And um, yeah, that was, um, there's definitely a, a, pre that moment Sean and a post that moment Sean that are two such completely different people that um yeah yeah if if that never happened um I mean it could have happened at a further point in my in my life but if that never happened Mm -hmm. that 
that instance. Um, and I call it like a, like a spontaneous initiation because that's really what it was. It wasn't, you know, during a ritual or anything, a ritual initiation. Um, I just, I would just be such a completely different person. So yeah. completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would have been, I think that would have been 2000 and that would have been 2007 or late mm -hmm. in 2006. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. It was a couple of years after um, I met you guys because it took me a while to finally join Obod after meeting you guys a year or two or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was a while. Yeah. Mm hmm. But uh, yeah, taking these courses can really be transformative. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, there, there's, there's a potential for a bit of danger with, with this kind of work because things that need to happen um, can happen, like these, these mm -hmm. transformative uh, experiences, but they can be really life altering in a, in a, more challenging way. I don't want to say dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, in a more challenging way, like you know, where your whole life can fall apart. You know, yeah. your job, yeah, your career, everything. You know, um, yeah. And it's scary, uh, especially you know, especially if if you lose everything, you lose your job, um, friends, relationships, every, relationships, yeah. everything. And, yeah. you know, you, you, you have to pick up the pieces and start again and rebuild mm -hmm. uh, your entire life. And it, you know, that's part of some people's experiences. Like it's not, I, I can see people that don't understand magic saying, oh, well, that's, that, that proves that what you're doing is black magic because nothing good would cause you to lose your job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, we know that, that that's not true. Yeah, yeah. we do. Um, and we know that those are, those are, you have to break down to, to build up what yeah. you need to be, who yeah. you need to be. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have that, that dramatic moment where, I mean, my, my personality completely crumbled, mm -hmm. but I was still you know, able to maintain my, my life, my job. And, you know, I was going, I was taking that, the, the, um, natural healthcare practitioners, uh, certification course at that time. Um, I was able to maintain all of that. Um, but in a way I kind of wish I had that complete breakdown of my entire life at that time. Mm -hmm because mm -hmm. I had a series of them in, in more, of, uh, more of a smaller scale mm -hmm. where like I'm building up my career and I'm getting to the pinnacle and then something happens that drops me down a few notches mm -hmm. and I have to build up, you know? And it was just a series of those until I worked through, um, I, I, I'm just going to say this until I self-initiated into the golden dawn. Now, I don't think you can self-initiation is self-initiate into the golden dawn. 
whereas like any golden dawn order would be like oh well you're yeah you're an adept you don't have to go through our outdoor training mm-hmm. um my friend uh frater rc who has been who joined the golden dawn in like the mid 90s and he actually ran a temple he thinks i self-initiated into the golden dawn current mm-hmm. you don't know but but that's you know that's that's not a, a topic to really for us to get into because again it's it's not why we're here um <laughs> but when i did that um i i use um uh chick and tabitha cicero's self-initiation into the golden dawn book and oh, i yes yeah and i stuck to it as as much as possible to the point where like you know because i don't have temple officers um for the rituals i built all the wands as representatives for the temple you know what i mean so like i Mm -hmm. i serious and i went as hardcore as possible um up to what would be portal grade and lost my job and i was living in texas at the time so losing my job meant losing my work visa, which meant I had 14 days to leave the country or else technically I'd wow. be alien. Blah, 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 blah. Back in Canada, oh my God, what am I going to do? Be like, you know what? Nothing. I'm done working. I don't need to work <laughs> yeah. anymore. I was 34 years old. Um, I'm, no, I'm done. I'm retired. I'm not going to work yeah. anymore. <laughs> and then I started Lalo Gonzalez. And it didn't occur to me until a couple of years after starting my business. It was like, wait a minute. When I was in grade 10 entrepreneurship um, class, uh, our big semester and project was to create a fictitious business. What was my business? Making beeswax candles, incense and oils, which is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I completely forgot about that until just a couple of years ago, years after I started Lilo Gonzalez. Yeah. So- I realized that I was having those those many um, life shattering career shattering moments where mm-hmm. I just get to the pinnacle and be knocked down a bit and back up and knocked down because that's not what I was supposed to be doing. This was what I was mm-hmm. supposed to be doing, you yeah. know. So yeah. I didn't. It, it didn't happen in a big way back then, um, mm-hmm. which in a way it would have been nice instead of doing it when I was living in a completely different country, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. It is. Yeah. What it is. Yeah. You know, and maybe, you know, there's the smaller, perhaps more gentle breakdowns <laughs> are not too bad. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I, like the experiences that I had working in my previous career, I wouldn't give up for anything. If I started Lilo Gonzalez back in my mid twenties, when I had this this spontaneous initiation, I would never have moved to Texas. There, were, there would be no reason for me to move to Texas then. Mm-hmm. And back then, I mean, the internet wasn't what it was like what it's like nowadays. I don't know because all of my businesses online, all of my distributors that carry my products. Um, discovered me online yeah. um, so I don't know how viable the business even would have been you know mm-hmm. back then mm-hmm. anyway so I, I guess I just had to live my life until yeah 
until um the right time came along the right time and the universe is like okay you know now this is viable so Mm -hmm. we're going to um completely destroy your life now (laughs) Uh, oh zana can you wait a minute do you do you need me to pause um no her mom's here (laughs) oh okay okay so yeah so um yeah um so okay so going back okay so you joined obod and actually at the same time i was also still and i still do even to this day work with uh, some of the egyptian deities right um but i work with them separately they're a whole separate stream (laughs) that i work with so do you when like when you say separate I'm actually curious about this um, just to kind of compare with, with what I do. Um, like when I, when I do my, my Druidic work, like it's, you know, I'm all in very Druidic when I'm doing um, my golden dawn, it's my golden dawn and it's, it's very separate. And do you kind of function the same way where like they're yeah. just, just absolutely completely separate. There's no blending. There's no, nothing like that. Uh-huh. No, I, yeah, they're completely separate. I have, um, I, I work with Sekhmet a lot and Hathor and um, yeah, they're just their own thing there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Your, now, is that your um, priestess training in the Fellowship of Isis or? Do um, you, do it you came do, out like- of that um, and the, and choosing those two, or they chose me, came out of the Fellowship of Isis priestess training. But the work I've done since with the uh, Kemetic Pantheon since then has been just things I found out on my own, my own studies and things. Right, right, right. And so is your work with them more Kemetic or more like neo-pagan? It's comedic, it yeah. really is, yeah. Yeah, I kind of yeah. just knowing you, I, I yeah. Kind of <laughs> yeah. more comedic uh, as opposed to to neo pagan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with- I even found that um, a lot of people who do work with the ancient Egyptian deities tend to work with some of the um, later stuff that when the Greeks came in, but I work with the earlier stuff, pre, pre-Greeks. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which this might be jumping ahead in your life story a bit, but you actually wrote a book that- I did. Yeah, <laughs> that um, where you, you actually traveled to Egypt to do a lot of research for your book mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, being a cometicist and a, a priestess in the Fellowship of Isis, that must have been an incredible, incredible experience to actually be able to be in the temples and, and whatnot. Yeah, it really was. Um, and I went by myself. Um, I didn't want to join anybody else's trip <laughs> uh, because I, I needed to do my own research and, and my own thing there. And um and going by myself actually led me to some 
better experiences, I think, because uh, sometimes they always had guards around the temples. This was way before the revolution, <laughs> the um, Arab Spring Revolution. This was yeah. a few years before that. Um, so the guards were always there and um, but they'd say some of it was blocked off to tourists especially there was the the temple at Karnak they had a section blocked off to tourists but because I was by myself you know they'd say okay come on in here you know (laughs) and um, another temple I was in I, I was actually really annoyed that I couldn't be absolutely by myself and and this guard would be with me chatting away and I'd be going oh please leave <laughs> and yeah. he wouldn't I, I don't think they would allow anybody to be just by themselves so I went into the, the what would have been the holy of holies and I decided okay he's there I'm just gonna do my thing and I knelt on the ground and I put my forehead to the ground and he walked out of the room and he left me. Hi everyone, thank you for listening to The Lux Files. I'm not just the host of this podcast, I'm also the owner of Lelo Gonzalez. I make beeswax and scented spell candles, loose stick and liquid incense, anointing rolls and bath salts. So once you're done listening to this episode, why don't you head on over to my website at www.leilokanzawan.com and check out my products. For your convenience, the link to the website is also in the show notes. And <laughs> and then uh, afterwards he said, oh, have you finished now? And I said, yes. <laughs> and so that was um, kind of unexpected. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they... they um, I suppose they they recognize some of the old stuff you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i i think um you know uh, we have uh, like a stereotypical idea of what anyone in islam would be like and and how they would behave so i i can see a lot of people being like oh like that's that's incredible blah 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 but i mean it's great. It's a great experience for you that, you know, the guard recognized what was mm-hmm. going on and had presence of mind to, you know, turn around and, and exit the Holy of Holies so you can have your, your moment. But I mean, yeah. I, I think I, they know the school. They, they have to. The guards that work at the, the temples, you know, mm-hmm. as, as their job, they know the score. They're not, they're not stupid. Yeah, yeah, they do. So it was very good, and uh, I um, so I was making all my notes and uh, visiting the sites. And I wish I could have stayed longer. Actually, mm. I think I would have done more if I'd stayed longer. That's the yeah. trouble <laughs> when you go places. There's always more to do and more of to course. see. Of <laughs> well, I mean, you know, a, a civilization that existed for how many thousands of years when you only have two weeks to take it all. Well, I can't remember how long you were gone for. Yeah, I was I was gone for just over two weeks. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two weeks just you know really doesn't quite cut it. No, no. Bethany Hughes did a series on ancient Egypt, and she um, uh, I, I can't remember how many days. Um, I think it was like a week or something, and every every day was like a different episode, turned into a different episode for the series, but she yeah. was stayed on this boat 
that traveled down the Nile as she went from uh, like Cairo yeah. and ended up in, in, in Karnak. And, um, oh, just you, this, you know, the boat is wide and the decks and the canopies. And, um, oh, I mean, what a way to experience Egypt. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was I took the, something. Yeah. I took the train from Cairo down to Luxor. Yeah. And that was nice too. Um, you look out the window and you see all the scenery and you think, wow, this hasn't changed in thousands of years, some of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're out of the cities, it's very um, old timey. Yeah. You see people with their donkeys and they're beating their carpets by the river. And, yeah. What an amazing experience. What an amazing experience. Yeah. And then you turned so, all of that into a book. I did. It's a young adult novel and I called it uh, Star's Reflection. And um, yeah. I think it's a good book. Yeah. <laughs> Even well, if I say so myself. You know, talk about the book a little bit, like about the, the storyline a little bit. The storyline is um, I started in Toronto and I actually based it in a house that I used to live in with my daughters. Um, so the street and the house are the ones I, I lived on and in. Um, and it's uh, two friends who have this horrible uh, teacher and he's actually based on an actual teacher. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh, and, um, and, but this teacher is um, from Egypt and he is fighting with another group from Egypt for possession of a mirror and um, the mirror, through the mirror, uh, these girls can see into the past in a temple. And um, because he's fighting with this other group, they manage to get hold of the mirror <laughs> and then they start looking. And, and so the, the story goes into the Egyptian story, but comes back to the present time with what the girls are doing. And um, so it's um yeah the temple is um based on the temple of Hathor um and I tried to make it as authentic as possible so I I think um you know without actually knowing exactly what they did there uh, I did a lot of research um into the temple life and the way things were um the general life in ancient Egypt as well. Yeah. And I was at the um, Royal Ontario Museum. They have a, a nice library with all kinds of stuff. And the librarians, of course, are always very helpful. I say, oh, well, I'm looking for this and this and this. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what? so then I put out the book. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it got good reviews, I think. The people who read it um, really liked it. Yeah. And didn't you win some some sort of award or it? I can't remember. I mean, this is going back um, so long. Um, not for that book. Um, 
for an earlier book, it got nominated for, uh, and this was one based on a folk tale from uh, Zimbabwe. It got nominated for quite a number of awards, including the Governor General's. Wow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I did win an award for a stage play. Um, so I won the oh, Chalmers yeah. Canadian Play Award, which doesn't exist anymore. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, it, it does not exist, any, which is a shame because it yeah. was a great award. Um, really was a boost for playwrights. Yeah, yeah. When did that stop? Uh, I think it stopped around 2001, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. It is, yeah. But I, I have my my plaque saying I won this award and it sits on my wall in my office. Nice. <laughs> and I'm very proud of it. Yeah, yeah, nice. So um, you and I met, I think it was around 2004, because I joined the Fellowship of ISIS. And I can't remember how it worked if they gave me your contact information or if it was on the website. I can't remember, mm. but you were basically my uh, teacher mm -hmm. in the fellowship mm -hmm. ISIS. And I remember um, really well you coming to my apartment one night yes. mm -hmm. uh, uh, for my initiation, which was mm -hmm. lovely. And I can't remember how it came about. I think I would have mentioned at some point that I was interested in Obod. Mm -hmm. And again, I can't remember how the conversation came about. I don't know if um, I was wanting more information about um the foi's um druid uh course or i can't remember but mm -hmm. i remember specifically mentioning to you that i was interested in obod and you were like oh i'm a <laughs> obod i'm druid grade and i have a grove of other obodies and we meet all the time for ritual and it was Samhain was the first time I got together with you guys. Uh, yeah, Samhain's a really great time to have a ritual, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was the first time I did um, ritual with you guys. And I, I met, I was a bit nervous because you and I were both living in Toronto and Phil and Cindy had left they moved late they moved from guelph to outside of mount forest and at that time if you remember the the house that they bought had just the eight acres they hadn't bought the other 92 acres yet um which is still i mean the eight acres uh, it's, <laughs> it's plenty of space and we went there and i was nervous because you know, I'd never met them. I barely knew you. And here I am, bags packed to spend a weekend in a stranger's house. <laughs> yeah. And they may or not may or may or may not kill me. I don't know. You know <laughs> I, I may or may not be stuffed into a, a wicker man and, and I don't know. 
And so you and I went out there and we spent the weekend with them and it was so incredible. And that lasted for four years. Like, I mean, I moved to Toronto mm-hmm. in 2008. So that, that lasted, um, uh, four years and, uh, God, they those were amazing weekends. They really were. Yes, they really were. Yeah. 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 Like that property of theirs was so unique and so magical. It's their, their property is surrounded by farmland. It's farms, mm-hmm. north, south, east, west. And this property is, so, oh, it's just, there's, they have a forest and uh, like a, a, a ravine and a swamp and they have ponds in their back. It's just, if you're any strip of pagan, um, like this is the, the, the piece of land that you want to own, you know, yeah, and yeah. the Buddha bowl, which is behind the house, it's literally a bowl shape in the ground huge mm-hmm. space huge 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 space uh where we would do all the rituals and uh then that one rise to the west of the buddha bowl where they built the stone circle mm-hmm. um oh it's just so incredible so incredible yes. well i'm eventually though it's going to take a while planning to do something on land in uh, bc here yeah uh, my friend Frater RC and I were talking about that um, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, be, talking about like him, you know, he spent, like I said, that that 14 months um, teaching um, at Isis Oasis and telling me about it and, and, you know, the setup and how it all works and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, we need something like that in Canada. Of course, the only place you could really pull off something like that um, in my opinion, would be BC. because, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for it to really be, you know, like a viable thing, you'd want it mm-hmm. to be, you know, active year round. And the only yeah. place in Canada where you could have, you know, something like that active year round is BC because BC doesn't get winters like the rest of Canada. You know, it's. Well, yeah, it depends where you are because. Well, uh, it, it depends in on the where southern you are. interior. We get a lot of snow. Um, uh, uh, it, he was telling me about um, what do they call it? Oh, the Sunshine Coast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, would yeah. be would be a, a good uh, place for something like that. And you know, when we were mm-hmm. talking about that. I'm like, you know, it might be a pipe dream, um, but it, it would be nice to. Well, of course, it would be nice to achieve it, but it would be a nice goal to aim towards. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I mean, you know, who knows? I'm still young. You never know what. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) In spite of the gray hair. (laughs) Yeah, in spite of the gray hair. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So um, um, we used to have a lot of fun those weekends mm-hmm. out at yeah we did cindy's and you guys gave me my uh obot initiation out there and i remember well of course i remember that because it was my initiation and i remember yeah. it was horrible weather it was raining mm-hmm. and it took forever for you guys to to set things up, like a long time for you guys to set things up because 
as it turns out, you guys were had built a labyrinth of mm-hmm. of candles, and of course, the candles were having a hard time staying lit because it was raining. And um, yeah, it was just it was such a incredible um, like I, I've shared some some photos of um, like uh, remember that big wicker man, that huge wicker man that we built that one year. <laughs> Vaguely. <laughs> and it, we, we made um, his penis out of uh, a corner of the pot and we hid sparklers in his penis. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so one corner of the cob uh, ignited, then the sparklers ignited and his penis was exploding. Um, <laughs> that was one of the like mini, um, uh, mini like, uh, gathers where um uh the ottawa c group came down oh yes yeah 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 mm-hmm. and they had uh that girl she was she sang opera and oh. for her ice the thawed uh we went out onto the road so we can mm-hmm. see the stars and she sang opera while we were looking at like the milky way and yeah. all the stars and everything do you remember that i do yeah so amazing. Uh, it yeah. was amazing. Uh, the big, um, the big candle lit labyrinth. Remember, mm-hmm. like north of the Buddha Bowl, um, they had mowed another circle and did that big labyrinth of candles and yeah, yeah. yeah. So like pictures like that I've shared online. Um, mm-hmm. it's like it's like. Well, they're, they're beautiful pictures, a lot of them. Um, but it's like, I wish you guys, I wish everyone had these same experiences that I did, you know, in these moments. And mm-hmm. the, um, that Wicker Man dance, when you, you feel had those silver masks on and you were dancing with the torches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John from the Ottawa Seed Group, I don't know if you remember, he filmed. I do, yeah. So I actually have that on my um, my YouTube channel that that dance, mm-hmm. and it's great because it's still like I mean it's dark out, but the sky's like dark blue. It's not quite black yet mm-hmm. when we start, and by the time the Wicker Man's all like engulfed in flames, like there's there's no light. The sky's black. And the only lights coming from the Wicker Man, and we're all dancing around, and yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, great times, really yeah. fun times. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I remember we did a full moon ritual in February because Imolk and full moon coincided, and the yeah. snow was up to our knees, and we get <laughs> the ground outside. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, the snow. <laughs> in true we, druid fashion. <laughs> yeah, like we did all of our rituals um outside. Um yeah. like even like winter solstice, um mm-hmm. Imol. But I mean we had the benefit, you know, you try that here in the city. Sure, we have fire pits, but they're small little fire yeah. pits. You know, th- like those fires aren't putting out heat to fill up, no. you know. The mm-hmm. space, whereas out there, you know, we had the big bonfires. I mean, we're still bundled up. I mean, we had our our multiple sweaters and coats and 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 gloves and scarves and toques and and 
<laughs> I mean, we were fully, you know, with the winter clothes, but the fact that we could have big bonfires made, yeah. made it bearable. Yeah. yeah and bearable. very magical too. Yeah. We have all the elements and the outdoors. Oh, we have a waving child here. Yeah. Well, barely <laughs> only see, we only see like a corner of her head. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah they were you know those were some of the best moments of Mama, entire here, please. <laughs> Why? it's all grandchildren <laughs> you're so great yeah and then there's the barking dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all good. This is, you know, yeah. it's real life. This is real. Yes, life. it is. Yeah. Do you remember that house you lived in in Guelph by a little river? Uh, yes, I do. That old, old stone house mm -hmm. by the river. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I miss Southern. I would love to move back to Southern Ontario. There's, you know, I mean, when, when you talk about history and, and old buildings, I mean, obviously, you know, it doesn't compare to, you know, Europe, obviously. But up here, we don't have, we just don't have that kind of, of history, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and like, yeah, just to, to be in Southern Ontario, a little town, an old, old house, um, space, nature. Yeah. It would be nice. I mean, we, we have space here. I mean, this is Northern Ontario. We're nothing but space here. But, um, you know, it, it doesn't take, you know, too much of an effort to be out in the middle of woods here. But it's not your space. Like I'm talking about, like your space. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Having, having mm -hmm. you know, uh, a couple of acres, and yeah, it's just it's uh, it's different. It's yeah. different down there. I miss it, I miss it in a way. Mm -hmm. I I was thinking about moving back there to Southern Ontario, but I don't know. I think. I think if I was to move again, um, I think I would move up to BC. Yeah, BC is a whole different atmosphere. It really is. Yeah. But uh, I like it. I think uh, it's my favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just got to figure out how to do that. Because you live, so you, I can't remember... Was I in Texas when you moved to Ohio or was I still in Canada? I think you were in Texas at that point. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. When did you move to Ohio? I can't remember. Oh, I would no, I was in Texas. Yeah, I yeah. was in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you just have to figure out how to live in two places at once. Yeah, <laughs> which is a bit tricky. Because you, it's difficult to try and plan things. Because um, one of the things I definitely want to do in BC here is is run some workshops and gatherings. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're not here all the time, um, it's hard to make the connections yeah. um, and have them stick and uh, build on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
one of us has got to win the lottery. Yeah, so we, yeah. <laughs> so we could buy a, a big parcel of land out in BC and, you know, build a temple of ISIS and, and um, you know, stone circles and, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, we have the land and it's got lots of stones. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just that moving those stones is uh, a job. So I think we'd have to hire people to move the stones for us. Um, there's after a place. winning the lottery, after winning yeah, that, the lottery, the name no of the problem. game is hiring people to do stuff for you. Yeah, there's a place in um, Pennsylvania and it's called the Four Quarters. And they've actually built a stone circle with um, some pretty big stones. And what they do is they organize these work weekends and people come and and do all the work <laughs> oh, okay okay yeah yeah nice nice so i think i need to organize some work weekends yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that would be nice that would be nice um i, I was talking about a call to con which was a uh, a short-lived um uh festival and it was so incredible like the the, the quality of the festival the quality of, of all the presentations and workshops were were top notch but it also helped where it was being held. It was being held mm -hmm. at Wood Campground. Yeah. And um, there was like two sections to the camping area. Like there was like the public section where you could rent by the day or weekend or, or whatever. But it mm -hmm. had the what they called the village. And that was the the seasonal campers that had their their trailers on their own lots, you know, and they paid their, mm -hmm. you know, their lot fee for the year. And one of the conditions of being one of the villagers is you had to make your, your lot, like your trailer, whatever, um, themey. Cause again, myth would myth. Yes. Yeah. So like, like one person, you know, like they, they parked their, their camper trailer and then built a wood facade and a tower. And it looked like, like with the crenellations and everything, like it looked like a castle wall, like, yeah. a, like a mini castle just made out of wood. Um, but, oh, it was such a magical, oh God, it mm -hmm. just, it was such a magical space. All of the buildings looked like they were like medieval, like Tudor style. There yeah. was a huge, I think it was like a hundred foot diameter, roughly mm -hmm. stone circle, all these hidden groves. There was two ponds. The bigger pond actually had an island in the middle of it and the water level would lower where you can actually walk out to the island, but it had a, huh. sword. It had a sword in the stone you know, wow. <laughs> Arthurian legend. It yeah. had a recreation of Seahenge. Um, it, was, it was such an incredible, incredible space. Mm -hmm. Year two of a cult con, we had um, um, a voodoo priest um, sort of consecrate a, a, a voodoo temple like out in the woods and mm -hmm. oh my god it was such like a culticon itself like I said was just amazing but yeah. it was like the land that it it was on was mm -hmm. it was just 
absolutely incredible. But then Mythwood Campground closed down and so did Occulticon. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think we need more of those magical spaces. Yeah, we, we really do. I mean, yeah. it's, it's tough, I think, period, but it's mm -hmm. so much tougher in Canada because, you know, we don't have the population like, like mm -hmm. US, like the US has yeah. 10 times the amount of people that we do. Yeah. Um, and also too, like we have barriers here in Canada, like just practicality, you know, um, no one wants to drive across country in the middle of winter. No. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not safe. It's not, mm -hmm. easy. you know, driving through Ontario, driving through the, the Canadian Shield in the middle of winter, if the highway, and, and you know, for anyone that doesn't know, like there's pretty much only highway that connects Eastern Canada to Western Canada. And in the middle of winter, it can shut down a lot. Mm -hmm. Just completely unsafe to drive on. Um, and yeah, like driving through the, the, the Canadian Shield in the wintertime is madness because it's so mm -hmm. really um, sharp turns. You're on the edges of cliff and it's just snowstorm you know what I mean like yeah yeah you know like no one like yeah you can fly but I mean you know um it's just yeah there's challenges there's challenges mm -hmm. creating ma magical spaces like that and yeah. make them viable um mm -hmm. them work here you know mm -hmm. unfortunately yeah it is and I think uh, the West Coast is really the only place that it could work. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so one of us, one of us needs to manifest some lot lottery numbers. Okay, yes, that's true. Uh, okay, start working on some magic there. Yeah, <laughs> get on it. <laughs> I, you know, I'm the one I've, I've been taking a deep dive into uh, Anakian magic and, oh, yeah. but more like, well, I shouldn't say, um, when I say like I recently taking a deep dive um, into um, like more like deep purist Anakian as opposed to the, the Golden Dawn Anakian, which I'm used to. And um, it's, pretty impressive um results which i kind of wasn't expecting just because i'm so used to all the the prep work you know mm -hmm. the will build up you know and 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 whatnot and uh my first Anakian working in this like deep purist style It was my my cyber magic group, not my cyber magic group, but the cyber magic group that I'm part of. Um, we were we were doing this, and I was like, okay, what 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 am I gonna ask for? I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna ask. You know, you know, can you maybe give me a, a little boost in my business? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I I I'm not gonna bother with that. Um, um, I'm just gonna focus on you know, our main task. 
I'm not going to worry about any practical magic, anything like that for myself. And we're doing the invocations and we, we finish up, everything's all good, blah, 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 blah. I go, um, you know, now we're logged off, blah, blah, blah. And I go check my email on my computer. There's an email from this woman from a um, distribution company um, out of Asia, China, um, basically saying, hey, we love your products. We'd like to be your, your distributor for China and Hong Kong. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so I got my fourth distributor, but it happened in the middle of this Anakian invocation when yeah. I'm like, oh, I should ask for a boost in my business. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, I'm not going to bother. So it was in my head. Yeah. It was in my heart. Yeah. And, you mm-hmm. know, um, even though I didn't express that request, it was still, like I said, in my head and in my heart. And mm-hmm. It certainly wasn't a greedy request. You know, it wasn't like, yeah. oh, um, you know, send me $50 million or I want to <laughs> just like a humble, like, you know, little boost in business. And I got a whole new distributor out of it. So yeah, who knows? Maybe, um, you know, maybe we can manifest some uh, some lottery winners. Yes, yes. <laughs> hmm. And then we can either build. that or a, a very rich investor. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, um, and then we can build the the God. What would we even name it? Well, I mean, we'd have to name it after me somehow. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already have my name, which is the Druids Grove. <laughs> Sean's Isis Oasis. Oh. <laughs> I would never do that. Honestly, I would never do that. That would be so cheesy. And, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, no, I would be totally cheesy. And it wouldn't like, yeah, no, I, ugh, no, uh, that, that sounds too guru-ish. And it doesn't even sound like, it just sounds cheesy. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, like some like discounts were. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh. <laughs> Roll up, roll up, roll up. <laughs> Lots of deals here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Get manifesting those lottery numbers. Let's do it. Okay. Let's. You I know, can... and I very rarely buy uh, lottery tickets. Maybe once every five years, I'll buy one. And then yeah. I think, oh, well, that was a waste of money. <laughs> and I don't buy another one for another five years. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's funny. It's like, oh, I, let's manifest lottery numbers. And it's like, Sean, you don't even play the lottery. So I, yeah, guess, yeah. <laughs> I, have start, I have to start playing the lottery. Yeah. And I went into the store the last time we bought one. And I thought, well, I don't know what to buy, what to do. <laughs> yeah. I like, um, um, what, what is it? There's a scratch card that I used to buy a lot. Was it the bingo one? No. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, Oh, cash for life. That's it. Um, And that's fun just because like, I I mean, I've only ever won like at most, you know, like a hundred bucks on it or something like that. But it's fun because I could go like, you know, spend 20 bucks. And like, that's like seven cards. 
and and then just go weeks of just getting more cards just from my winnings you know so oh, yeah yeah so every couple of days you just get more cards get more cards get more cards um and then eventually you know it, it just ends up petering out where yeah. <laughs> i get a batch where like there's zero dollars in winnings so then i i'll i'll go like months without buying um buying more but it's just it's fun it's just fun just mm -hmm. for a few minutes and just like oh what if what if you know <laughs> yeah. um, but it's kind of like just to, like i said like to go weeks and weeks and weeks of being able to buy more cards buy more cards buy more cards without putting out your own money mm -hmm. you know you keep like these you know 20 bucks or 12 bucks or whatever so i'm like oh i'll just get more cards because i'm not going to cash in a card for 12 bucks yeah you know, okay. like what's the point <laughs> Um, friend of mine used to work at the casino here and she had a really good outlook on gambling, um, that I, you know, I never really, cause like she, she basically said like, you can come in, um, with 20 bucks, spend a couple of hours. And even if you leave with nothing, like where else do you go and spend two, three hours having fun for 20 yeah. bucks, you know? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, that's actually a really interesting way of, of thinking about it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, because you know, I, I realized the name of the game with gambling is to win money and to come mm -hmm. out, you know, uh, farther ahead than than what you put into it. But just as, as, as a form of entertainment, I mean, you can't go to the movies nowadays for 20 bucks. No. You know, no. but yeah, you can spend two or three hours gambling on 20 bucks mm -hmm. or five minutes. I mean, it just really all depends. <laughs> but yeah, so that was an interesting way of looking at it that I never really, um, really considered. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's that's, uh, I think that's a, that's a good way of, of thinking about it. Yeah, actually the only gambling that I really enjoy is at the racetrack. And I figure, oh, I can put down my, you know, mini bet and just have fun watching the horses run. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, because I'm sure you don't have to place minimum bets. And you know what I mean? Like, it's not like yeah. you're like, oh, well, you know, the least you can bet is a thousand dollars. Oh, no, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So you go, you, you have some fun, you watch the horses and if it costs you a couple bucks, that's fine because again, yeah. you know, technically it was a free event. It's not like you have to spend money to go into the racetrack. It's, you know, spending money on the betting. So yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? You know, as long as you can keep it healthy and keep it in perspective and it yeah. doesn't lead to an addiction, you know, mm -hmm. so why not? It just mm -hmm. treat it as another form of entertainment. I mean, it'd be yeah. great to, to spend 20 bucks at the casino and win some sort of jackpot. <laughs> grand. Of course, that, that'd be fantastic, but you know, that's not going to be everyone's experience. So go have fun and yeah. You know, mm -hmm. when you're done, go home and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be hoarse from shouting. From, <laughs> oh, right. Come on, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I need to pause for a second. Okay.
And we're back. So before we wrap up, unless there's anything else that you want to uh, talk about, um, there there's two things um, that I want to ask you. The first is because you're the first um, old body that ha- that I've had on the, the podcast that has completed the three grades. I want to ask you, like, to kind of say like why you know for someone that's interested in druidry considering druidry why they should look into old bod you know a little bit about you know what going through the 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 three grades was like and you know kind of not you know not like trying to do like an old bod promo but you know what i mean and second (laughs) second thing that i want to know from you is have you ever considered or are you considering, or would you consider writing any books on jewelry, magic, medicism, anything like that? So, yeah. Um, for the book question, I'd say no. Okay. Um, it finds its way into what I write, but it's not, what I write is not specifically about that. I suppose you could say that young adult novel had a, a lot of cometicism mm-hmm. in it. Um, but but would, you never, would you never consider writing any books on Druidry or anything like that? Uh, I mean, because I think you'd be good at it. I mean, because yeah. number one, you're you're a good writer right off the top, but number two, like just with your lived experience. Yeah, I suppose I, I could at some point, but I have other... Um, ideas for my writing right now one of them is actually a um kind of a memoir okay that i'm writing um nice. and so that's taking up a lot of time and next idea i have is for a play um another uh young audience play which um i have in my head um so i haven't considered doing any of that other stuff but okay. maybe at some point i will yeah but that's it so as for Druidry um, and Obod specifically, I think it's a great way to delve into who you truly are as a person, um, how you live in the world, how you interact with others. Um, it just is a, um, I find it's a community and, and it develops how each individual lives within that community and it it goes into some fairly deep psychological stuff when you're working through the meditations it sure Um, does yeah yeah (laughs) and so i think it's um it's a good thing to do um especially if you're you feel that i suppose everybody's going along with their lives and they have their ups and downs but i think that as a person, I have developed so much since I joined Obot. Even since joining Fellowship of Isis, I, I made some changes there and I made some deeper changes working with Obot. Mm-hmm. And especially creatively, because creativity is valued so much um, in Obot and it's it joins you to the, the universe of creation, I think. Yeah. 
yeah. whatever that creation might be it might be singing it might be playing something it might be embroidery whatever but just the fact that you can put your mind and your hands to doing this creative work um, it's a real pleasure and um, so that's the job of the bardic course the job of the ovate course is working much more with the natural world and um, getting to know the natural world and appreciating the natural world. And you can, of course, appreciate it without doing an OBOD's course. course. But um, I think there's a deeper way you can get into it by doing the course. Um, and the Druid course, it's, it's a difficult, um, I never know how to describe it, actually. <laughs> it's completely different from the others, but um, it's is kind of a way to develop you as a leader, I mm -hmm. would say. Um, and, and working, again, working with community, but in a more leadership capacity and a celebrant capacity, perhaps. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it's it's you say it's kind of difficult. You always have difficulties explaining the Druid grade. I think, you know, I always try to not make direct comparisons, but relating one thing to another. And the Druid, the Oba doesn't have like an outer order and an inner order where like the two complete the three grade and you enter the inner order where as different training and whatnot. I think the Druid grade would be the closest equivalent to being like an in, in an inner order. And it's just it's just it's different. Like the tone is different yeah. and, and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. So yeah, it, it's hard because you you see a between the the Bardic grade and the Ovid grade like they flow into each other really well. And then you have mm -hmm. a third grade, which is not like an about face, but you know, in a way you're kind of like, oh, slam on the brakes, because this is all different. And yeah, and I'm I'm learning something like just completely, completely new and completely different to to what I've been doing for the past however many years it took mm -hmm. me to mm -hmm. get to the Bardigrade and the Ubagrade or, or whatnot. So yeah, it's it's not as easy to define really. No, it's not. Yeah. And of course, since my day, all three of those grades have been changed. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you still get basic um information is similar i think the way that it's laid out and the way you go through it is different and yeah. i think it's better yeah. now the new one yeah. yeah i always i've always had trouble you know people like well you know and i i have trouble more with people in the pagan community than than the people outside the pagan community um, explaining Druidry because when you explain Druidry to someone outside of a community or magical community, 
you can say, I mean, technically you can say whatever you want because they're not going to know the difference. <laughs> but when you have, when you have like a, like a, a fellow neo-pagan that's more like on a wicked inspired um, path, Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, there's not that much difference between this, you know, Wiccan-inspired neo-paganism and, and druidry, you know, reverence for nature, working with elements, blah, 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 blah. You know, one is more lunar, one is more solar. But to, to be able to say, okay, well, druidry is this, like trying to fit it into a box, a well-defined mm-hmm. box is really hard to do, especially like our our type of surgery, like whole body's type of surgery, because it's you you get shape a little bit to your needs and your preferences. It's not like you know, like ADF is a church, AODA is lodge style surgery where they're more um, they have more defined lines you know what mm-hmm. i mean so yeah. yeah it can be a little bit of a challenge to say okay well it's different than what you're doing as a you know wiccan inspired neo-pagan because mm-hmm. your x and druidry is y you know there's definitely a different approach mm-hmm. um and part of that approach i think is the difference with working with magic um whereas i'd say if you're into witchcraft you'd work with magic a lot more um and you do work with magic as a druid but it's the approach to it is different yeah and that's one thing like you don't find like you can you know go to your local bookstore and find any number of, of books on you know like spells of books of spells like witchcraft mm-hmm. spells you you don't find that like druid a druid's book of spells you know because mm-hmm. just the 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 approach to practical magic is quite different yeah and it's more i think it comes more from inside mm-hmm. rather than outside yeah yeah i find um I've never been really big on on doing practical magic for myself. Um, just, I, I find with my practicing my spirituality, having my daily practice and, and trying to have everything in, in balance as much as possible, I find that I, I kind of, it's like the universe is providing me everything that I need in the amounts that I need, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, you know, I'm, I've I've never really been in a position where it's like, oh my God, I'm so broke. I need money. I got to do a money spell. Mm -hmm. Not like there's anything wrong with that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's, you know, do practical magic absolutely do practical magic i just i i find like i've never um i'm i've never had to really focus my my magic on practical magic it's yeah Mm -hmm. 
that's just me. That's just, yeah. you know, that's just yeah. that's my outlook. Because I, you know, I've never really been in a in a position where um no, I shouldn't say that because that yeah, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not gonna have that thought. Yeah. So anyways, anyway. So is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um Coming up, and I think it's September the 9th, anybody all over the world can tune into Playwrights Local Radio, which runs out of Cleveland. And I have a radio play that's going to be on. And it, oh, it, will, uh, it will be on the web, so you don't have to tune in on the 9th and it's gone. It will be up there. And it's called Love and Ecstasy. Nice. Okay. Okay. And I'm very proud of that play. So. Oh, you know, um, I used to travel with my father when he was a truck driver and I would travel with him in the summer. And um, I have a fondness for, for radio. As a matter of fact, like I'll often have, I don't watch a lot of television, but I'll often have a program on, on television and specifically not watch it just listen you know to the sounds and and the um um you know the you know people talking interacting whatever um and imagining you know letting my imagination fill in you know like the visuals and everything and yeah you know um just from because you know because you just spend hours listening to the radio and you know, like the radio plays and everything and kind of miss that. Yeah, yeah so it's a great medium. Fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, it, it's it's like really, well, I guess you can say, I was going to say it's it's like reading a book, but, you know, we have audiobooks nowadays. So it's like audiobook in a sense, only with more speakers, you know, because when you're reading a book, you have to imagine the scenario how it would look same thing with an audiobook so there um yeah. radio plays is fairly similar it is similar um you'll you can do more with sound effects with a radio play, yeah well yeah 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 audiobooks it's not like each character like there's a voice for each character yeah. and you have, <laughs> as great yeah. as that would be but yeah that's, it's it's still different mm-hmm yeah well that's exciting anything else uh that's about it for now okay that's my next project coming up so um let everyone listening and i'll have all these links in the show notes but you know so everyone can just go to the show notes and click on them but um let everyone know where they can find you online and and all of that good stuff Okay, on Twitter, I am at Storytelling One, W-A-N, <laughs> and that handle was because uh, I wanted to write Wanderer, but it was too long, so I just had W-A-N, hmm. <laughs> so it makes me sound as if I am one, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I let's see what else i have a website which is www.gailneokastories.com. I'm also a member of Storytellers of Canada. And uh, so if you look up their website, uh, you can find me on that and a member of the 
Playwrights Union of Canada, so I'm on their website, and a member of the Writers Union of Canada, so I'm on their website too, and I can get hired for things. Awesome, great. Fantastic. So everyone listening, if you have stories to tell, but you're shit at writing, <laughs> Gail's your lady. So you just got to click on that link. Yeah. And hand over the big box. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Gail, so much for agreeing to come on. It was so nice. And I miss you so, so, so much. Oh, I miss you too. And it was great fun chatting. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. yeah we got to get over this pandemic so we can all yeah. get together i mean mm -hmm. this is ridiculous like this is just bullshit. like <laughs> I, just, I i i i i need to be with my people yeah yeah i've been planning to go to england for the past two years and both years it's been cancelled so we'll yeah, see well, you know we we had talk uh phil cindy and i of going to um God, when was it? Was it last year? To oh, eight? the um, supposed to be twenty twenty. The uh, Obod thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 And so, you know, that's out. That was out. So, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I think. I think we're in this for a while. I. I. Yeah, I, 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 do. Yeah, I think we're yeah. in this for a while. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, complaining about to learn it. to work around it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, complaining about it isn't going to change it. So, you know, what's the point of, of complaining about it? Um, yeah. Anyways, on that note, okay. uh, Gail, thank you so much. I love you. Love you so much. Um, I miss you. And I hope uh, you have a good day. And for the listeners, again, um, all of Gail's links are in the show notes. My link that gets you to all of my social media, website, uh, YouTube channel, everything is in there as well. So click on that, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, uh, until next week with episode 24. Okay. Bye, Sean. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Lux Files. You'll find all the guest links in the show notes, as well as the link www.laylokanzawin.com slash links. That link will get you to my page of links where you can then go to my Laylokanzawin website, the Lux Files page, and my Laylokanzawin YouTube channel that has all the Lux Files videos. It also has all my social media links there so you can follow me and the Lux Files. And don't forget to subscribe to the Lux Files wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving me a review. Until next time.